Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode seven of Chasing Banners. Episode seven, aka the Browns episode. Shout out D Brown, shout out Jalen Brown. Faith consistently, hard work pays off. This is what the motto of this episode is. Uh, we are back for episode seven. We are excited to talk some more Celtics. And I am your host, Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. And I am joined by my co host, Mr. Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, what is up, my guy? Nothing much, Dante. We had a little pregame talk about the events that occurred last <laughs> night for me. But other than that, I'm feeling beautiful right now. I'm ready to do this episode, and I'm ready to talk about some Celtics for everyone that listens. So I am 401 Sheehan on Twitter, and this is Chasing Banners. So this is the Browns episode, D Brown, Jalen Brown, the homies. So I'm excited to get this thing going. Hell yeah, man. Listen, it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon here. We are happy to have you on here, Ryan, and you not being dead, but you were telling me from last night. So you're here. Alive and well. Alive and well. So let's uh, let's talk some Celtics, shall we? Yeah. I guess the – I mean, there really hasn't been too much stuff about the Celtics this week. I mean, we're kind of like in limbo right now. We're just waiting for the season to start. We're almost a month away. Today, it's June 28th today. The season starts July 30th. So we're close to a month. Um, so there really isn't too much going on. I guess the most, like, I guess we could talk about this. Uh, the, the most breaking news, I guess, for the Celtics is Jason Tatum has a new hairstyle, <laughs> new haircut, new beard. Um, my personal thoughts, it was on Twitter. It was kind of a big trendy topic uh, for Boston fans. People have their opinions about it. I personally think he does. <laughs> I think he looks like a, a bum. Bro, I don't like it. His hair <laughs> reminds me of Trey Young. I don't like Trey Young's hair. His beard, I love how much his beard has evolved since he first came to league. The kid that had no facial hair kind of started getting the mutton chops, and then it all started to connect. And now it's just like a big furry mess. Yeah. And I don't know if I can get behind it. But the, no, I don't, the, the, the hair doesn't bother me as much as the facial hair. You just slap a headband on there he'll be good to go. Um, it's kind of sad. That's really the most uh, news that we have for the Celtics. But, Ian, if you, were to, if you were to grow your hair out or grow your beard out, would you ever want it to look like uh, Jason Tatum, what he has now? I, like, I want to be like Jason Tatum, but not in that way. I'm fine <laughs> with how my beard is right now. I'm fine with how my hair is. You, hey, you got some great facial hair. You got, you got a great head of hair on you. I wouldn't Thank you. Thing. So do you. Oh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that, that's our, that's our, uh, our two-minute – uh, Jason Tatum, uh, facial hair, new hairstyle talk. Uh, let's go into uh, the most recent news. Uh, the NBA put out uh, this official schedule for every NBA team. This is kind of something that we – these games we assumed were going to happen. Everyone got to tell because it was just like they're going to finish out uh, their regular season games against teams that will be in Orlando. The only difference is instead of playing Washington twice – the Celtics will now play the Orlando Magic for one of those games. Uh, we kind of briefly talked about this last week when we had Max Letterman on uh, our episode, and we all gave our predictions of what we believe the Celtics' record would be. I said 6-2. and two. Um, The game, the, the addition of the Magic subbing out the Wizards really doesn't change my opinion. I still believe they will go 6-2. and two. The Celtics are actually uh, – the odds came out for the first game against Milwaukee, and they are – plus five and a half point underdogs. 
So I believe that they were going to lose first game to Milwaukee. So right there, you, right there, they're the underdogs. They're favored to lose that game. And I personally think that they're going to lose to a team that is going to be in contention for like the eighth seed and that will be fighting for a playoff spot. And I think that team is going to end up being the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And I say that too because um, the Grizzlies, they're our seventh game. So I'm assuming that's also one of the Grizzlies' last games. And you're going to assume that at that point, they're the eighth seed right now. Um, they're going to be fighting for that playoff spot. They're going to be fighting for that seeding. So I think that game is going to mean a whole lot to the Grizzlies. Like they're going to come out like looking, like really looking for a win against Boston, having something to prove to against the top seed in the East. Um, and at that point too, like I don't know how the Celtics are going to be looking. They might not. Um, that game might not be as important to them as it would be for the Grizzlies. They might have the two seed locked up or they might, you know, be stuck with the third seed at that point. So it might not mean as much as the Celtics. Obviously, that's something we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but I still think the Celtics are going to go 6-2 and two with, their, with their new schedule. Uh, Ryan, what, what do you think? Uh, I forgot. Uh, I think you believe, I believe that you said they were going to go 6-2 and two, uh, as well. Do you, do you think that's going to change, or are you sticking with that? No, I'm completely sticking with that. I had them losing when we talked about the schedule last week. When it was another Washington game, I had them dropping one of them. Uh, that's right. Uh-huh. And I still had them losing to Milwaukee. So except this time, I had them losing to Milwaukee again, and I had them losing to Toronto. Now, okay. I just think, like, Toronto's a good team. Boston's a good team. But I feel like it's just going to be kind of like that eight-game stretch where they're going to just drop it to the two best teams that are available mm-hmm. there in, in – like on that schedule. So I just think they're going to run the table with everyone else, but with Toronto and Milwaukee, it's going to be their toughest test for the end of that regular season. And that's who I have them losing to. I just think Toronto is just going to beat us. That's just, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I just, I don't think it's going to be anything like that. I think they're just going to beat us by like a couple points, but that's just because we're so rusty and it's just getting back into things. So I have them drop into them. Yeah, I mean, I think the Raptors game, I think that is going to be the biggest test for Boston. I think that's going to be their their toughest game or the most important game on that schedule because currently we are up 2-1 uh, for the season series. And if Boston wins that game, we own the tiebreaker. And if if we finish the regular season with the same record as Toronto, we would get that second seed. If Toronto beats us there, um, there will be a few things that have to be in play, but Toronto would most likely get the second seed in that case scenario if we tie it up. So that game is going to be a very important game. The reason why I didn't really think the Raptors would win that game is because I believe, listen, Toronto is one of the toughest places to play in the NBA, not just for Boston, but for any team. Just going into Toronto, going into that arena, they have such a loud fan base, just such, I, I think it was a few years ago, they were like, I think they only lost like two, two or three games at home a few years ago. Like they're just a very tough team to play in Toronto. Now that there's no home court, I really think that, I mean, that benefits everyone, but I really bet, I think that benefits the Celtics a lot because in the playoffs, even in the regular season, they don't have to go into Milwaukee. They don't have to go into Toronto to face these teams. So being in that neutral court environment uh, really will benefit the Celtics. Um, I think that will be a very close game. I don't think, the Celtics will beat the Raptors by, you know, even 10 points, like by double digits. No, I think it'll be a very close game. But I think that's going to be 
the game that's you know circled on their calendar that they are looking forward to the most because it means the most so that game also like you said you think they're going to lose I think they're going to win but it really is a toss-up it can go either way and I mean you can say the same thing about all these games because really I mean it's going to be hard to you don't know who's going to be rusting who's not it's like these guys none of these players have been playing for months and it's like they'll have training camp for a month they'll have a few preseason games to play but it's like I don't think I'm not expecting them to come out of the gate like like they did right when the season ended because that would just be too high of expectations and that would just be an, a letdown because I just don't think they're going to be where they are at uh, where they were at when the season ended uh, come playoff time different story I think they'll be warmed up at that point we'll see what happens then uh, but yeah I think they're going to go six and two you think they're also going to go six and two uh, good news is we don't have to play the Wizards twice we don't have to worry about Ish Smith. Uh, dropping 26 27 on our head just just because he feels like it so at least we don't have to uh, deal with that twice uh the next thing i want to talk about i mean we can stay on the subject of eastern conference teams uh kendrick perkins was on i believe it was the get up or he was on espn we'll say he was on espn and he said that the celtics posed the biggest threat to the milwaukee bucks in the Eastern Conference. Now, we all know Kendrick Perkins is a green teamer. He was in Boston for quite a long time. He won a championship in 08. And he has, like uh, with Paul Pierce, he usually says uh, he speaks highly of the Celtics. So I thought that comment was interesting, saying that the Celtics are the biggest threat to the Bucks, considering you also have teams like the Raptors and even teams like the Miami Heat, who I believe is a team that you really can't, shouldn't sleep on because they are just a scrappy team. They have one star in Jimmy Butler, but they are just filled from top to bottom with solid role players that just know their roles so well. And they just all fit well together. They're coached by one of the best coaches, the NBA, Eric Spolstra. Um, I personally believe that the Celtics are the biggest threat to the Bucks. Just, you know, their lineup from top to bottom, their starting five, their bench. I think they have the right group of players to kind of, they have enough bodies to throw in front of Giannis. Not to say that they're going to stop him. I don't think anyone could really stop him unless your name is like maybe Kawhi Leonard, maybe LeBron James. He turns it up in the playoffs. Other than that, there really isn't many guys that can contain Giannis to below his season averages. Um, uh, Ryan, who do you think – I mean, if you're going to choose anyone, I guess, besides the Celtics, if you believe the Celtics pose the biggest threat, who would you choose – as a team to be the biggest threat to the Bucks in the Eastern Conference? A team that I would see that's not the Celtics because I, I would think they're the biggest threat to the Celtics. Yeah, uh, I feel, yeah the, since I feel like that's an easy answer for us, I mean, like I said, I think the Celtics would be, but if I'm not going to pick the Celtics, honestly, I, I, honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Heat. I have to also, yeah. I really do think the Heat are just one of those teams that, like, they're going to give any team trouble. Like they're going to make any playoff series interesting. They're going to make it exciting. And they're going to make that team, even if they lose, they're going to make that team work for it. Like they're not going to like go out into the night. Like they're not going to go out with a sweep. Like they're going to fight every single game to the end. And yeah, that would be my team. So if you give, give your, uh, give your opinion on the heat. So I don't want to take your, take the spotlight from you there. They just have a bunch of dogs in Miami. They do. Like, yeah, they, they, they fight, they fight, and they fight. It's just what you said, actually. They're just such a scrappy team surrounded or that's led by one star, and then the rest of the team is just all very good role players. But, you know, you have guys like Kendrick Nunn and Bam Adebayo. Like, 
they're yeah. just so good and it's just gonna be so hard to keep up with them so they can pop off at any moment like we no one expected Kendrick Nunn to have the season that he did mm-hmm. he's, so, a, he's a stud yeah he's, he's an stud. absolute stud and he could and he is a rookie he could win rookie of the year so I mean he's an if and I'm correct, right? He's in competition. Yeah. It's yeah. just been so long, dude. Yeah. I, I, forget. <laughs> I think he, uh, ESPN or whoever it was, they put out like a projections thing. It wasn't like actual uh, voting that we'll see whenever they have the awards. But I think Kendrick Nunn was fifth in, okay. the, in, in rookie of the year voting. But yeah. I do believe that he should be. I mean, John Moran, obviously, I, he's my rookie of the year pick. Um, yeah. I could be leaving some guys out, but I do think Kendrick Nunn should be at least in consideration for a top three vote because he just, I mean, like I said, like you said, no one really knew who Ken, I didn't know who Kendrick Nunn was at the beginning of the year. And all of a sudden this kid comes out of nowhere and he's just bawling out from Miami Heat. And he really was a big reason why they were so good. I mean, as a rookie, he averaged 15 points, three rebounds, uh, three rebounds a game, almost a steal, shooting 36% from three. I mean, He's a he's 24, so he's a little old for a rookie. But that doesn't matter. He's still a rookie. He's still a baller. And I'm just looking at um, the Miami Heat roster right now, yeah. led by Jimmy Butler. Then you got Bam Adebayo, who 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 honestly is probably going to win Most Improved Player this year, or he's going to be up there because he just absolutely popped off this year. Duncan Robinson, who also just came out of nowhere, just an absolute sharpshooter. Tyler Hero, I will never forgive the Miami Heat for taking him one pick ahead of the Celtics pick. We end up getting Romeo Langford, who, you know, could end up being a good pick. But Tyler Hero, I I was in love with this guy at this guy at college and I thought he would have been such a great addition to the Celtics. Um, you got Andre Gudala, Derek Jake Jones Crowder. Jr., uh, Kendrick Nunn, Udonis Haslam, who doesn't play, but he is a veteran who's won multiple championships. Goran Dragic, Myers Leonard, Jay Crowder, Kelly Olynyk, Solomon Hill. Like I mean, they're just They're loaded. deep. They're deep. I mean, you think about teams in the NBA that are just loaded from top to bottom. Like, yeah, they don't have the star power as you might think the Celtics do even. But, like, man, you got Jimmy Butler, and we all know what Jimmy Butler brings to the table. He makes his teammates work. So they are just they are just filled out, bro. Their roster is so sick. And they're – honestly, they're going to be very hard to get by. Andre Iguodala mm-hmm. and Jay Crowder are both, both very good two-way defenders. Dogs. So it's like – it's like, what are you going to do? Like, Jimmy Butler is going to make them work. And you already know about Jay Crowder. Like, Jay Crowder is all about the work. Mm-hmm. So, if you, had, if you had them all together, we haven't even really been able to see that whole team together because Andre Iguodala didn't even get time when he joined the team, if I'm correct, because it, yeah, it, it had ended the on. season. Yeah, the season ended and everything like that. So, it's not even like we've really been able to see this whole team together. Like, it's uh, that's tough a, too. I think they had they had they had a James Johnson too, but I think yeah, I don't know if they yeah, they got rid of him. They got been, rid of him. <laughs> that would just been a whole other aspect of right. dogs. And I think he was Butler. actually sent to Memphis for Jay Crowder. Yeah, I think there was some there was some trade or whatever it was, but he he's on the Timberwolves right now. I don't know if they oh oh that's what he's it was on the Timberwolves, Timberwolves right now. I don't know if I don't know I I don't know the trade details or whatever yeah. happened there. But imagine James Johnson, Jimmy Butler, and Jay Crowder pulling up on you, bro. Like, get, <laughs> that's not a trio I'd want to mess with. But, yeah, Look, no, go ahead. I was going to say that's the point I wanted to get to, though. When you're talking about the roster, like, they're just so deep, and you don't even realize it. You have those guys coming off the bench. It's still going to be a tough battle. It's almost like you have a, another starting five out there almost. Mm-hmm. Not, not as good, obviously, as their starting five, but they're talented enough to – to where they can compete 
put that starting five that's on their bench or put the next five that's on their bench, put them on the four and start them. And they're still going to be solid and they're still going to be a tough test. So it's like the Miami heat, the Miami heat, you cannot sleep on at all. They're probably the dark horse of this whole thing. Like they're just such a scary team. And really like, I, I truly believe there is people sleeping on them. It's not like, I'm not afraid that they can beat the Celtics. I'm afraid of, what extent they will send the Celtics to and how tired they can bring them really absolutely tired, like bring them you know what I mean I really hope that the heat lock up that four seed because if we go to the second round considering the top four seeds uh get by their opponents the second round matchup and it used to be Bucks heat Celtics Raptors and I would love the heat to make the Bucks sweat a little bit if they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, make them work for that. And going back to the Heat roster, like I'm not, I'm not in any way comparing it to them because I do believe this team that I will mention has the best roster in basketball. But you think about t- top rosters from uh, top to bottom, uh, they, they're close to the same level as the Los Angeles Clippers as far as, like, you know, you take your stars out and it's kind of like you have a, a starting lineup off the bench. I mean, the Clippers have off the bench – uh, Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams, Marcus Morris, Montrez Harrell, Zubac. Like, that is a starting five. <laughs> that really is, like, a starting five. You could put that on, like, a pretty, like, yeah, it could be a starting five on, like, the New York Knicks or something like that, and that could be, like, oh, wow, they might make some noise. You know what I mean? Like, that's a pretty solid bench, and same with the Heat. I mean, you got guys that you could just throw in off the bench that you'd be like, wow, these guys, they could be starting. So the Miami Heat, very scary team. Do not sleep on them whatsoever. Um, I don't think the Celtics would have to go up against them unless the seeding changes up a little bit um, when the season starts back up. But we'll we'll have to see. Uh, but I really hope they give some those top teams a run for their money. Um, the next topic we we have, and I kind of I'm going to segue into this. So the other night, I'm on Twitter. And I put out this tweet earlier in the day. It was a throwback tweet. It was just something that Paul Pierce had said on first take uh, earlier in the year. He said that the Boston – it was actually uh, after the Celtics. I think it was when they lost to the Lakers, not when they beat them by 30. I think it was when they lost to them. He said the Celtics have the best starting five in basketball. And I tweeted that out saying, hey, throwback to when Paul Pierce said this. Uh, I'm on Twitter. And someone mentions me. He goes, oh, that must be the truth because the truth liked it. And I was like, wait, what? So I go on, I go on Paul Pierce's Twitter, and he, uh, he liked the tweet. And I think that's pretty dope, too, because he doesn't really like too many tweets. Like, the last tweet he liked besides the day before was, like, early June, and then he had, uh, like, one, one or two tweets in May. So he really doesn't like too many tweets on Twitter. So the fact that he saw that uh, was pretty dope, and he was actually on – ESPN again the other day and he reiterated what he said he said the Celtics have the best starting five in basketball so I don't know if he uh, brought that up again because he was reminded of my tweet Paul Pierce if that if you're listening if you ever listen to this shout out you're the truth and shout out like, truth and I feel like I got I feel like the uh, the truth set me free I feel like I, I have a little bit of truth in me now that <sighs> I know that he uh, is liking my stuff but kind I wanted to kind of bring up that topic uh, Paul Pierce says we have the best starting five in basketball I mean, we look, we have Kemba Walker, all-star. Jalen Brown, should you can argue that he should have been an all-star. I mean, he played – he had an all-star caliber season. Uh, Jason Tatum, obviously all-star, best player right now on the Celtics. Gordon Hayward, he was playing like an all-star before he got hurt at the beginning of the year. He was averaging 
Uh, 18. Averaging 18 points. At one point, he was averaging like 20 points. He he had that game against Cleveland where he shot like 16 for 16 from two-point range. Like, he was just out of the gates, just was just so great. Was just a complete 180 from last season. And then Daniel Tice, who isn't the sexiest name in the world. And if you're not from Boston, you probably don't appreciate it. But he is honestly one of the most underrated centers in the league just because – he just does everything right for Boston. He's not going to put up the best numbers, but he does everything right for Boston. He's there. He can get you a bucket. He can shoot threes. He'll get you rebounds. He can block shots. Uh, it's not even like he's not even just a rim player. Like, he protects the rim. Like, there was a play when we played against the Hawks earlier in the year, and Trey Young was going for a game-winning three, and Tice was the one that was guard- guarding him, and he blocked his shot, and then the Celtics ended up winning that game. Like, he can play the perimeter, great on switches, um, he just fits the Celtics system so well and what they want to do on defense. So, I mean, there are other teams in the NBA that you can consider to have the best starting five in the league. But I don't really know if I can argue with Paul Pierce on this, honestly. Like, the Celtics have four guys that average – well, three guys that average 20-plus points, one guy that averages 17 points as a great all-around player, and a center that just does a little bit of everything. It's like, what more can you really ask for? The reason why we don't consider the Celtics to be like a top-tier team, like as like in the same level as Milwaukee and the two Los Angeles teams, is because their bench is a little suspect. Like, that's where it kind of drops off. Um, and that's where the Celtics have struggled because, I mean, if you look at it, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, Ryan, then I'll let you get into it. Sure. Um, the Celtics, what they really struggled with all year long was injuries because if you had someone that was injured, you had to have their bench guys start, a.k.a. Marcus Smart. The, the, how the Celtics would run it is you'd have the starting five and then you would take guys off that you'd put guys on the bench, like let's say Hayward and Kemba, and then you'd leave two of the starters in. And then that's how you'd kind of want to keep it. You'd have at least two of those four guys in or one of those guys in at all times to get you buckets, to get, you know, guys off the bench going. And since we've had so many injuries, we really haven't been able to capitalize on that, um, on doing that. So hopefully with, you know, the NBA coming back, Kemba Walker was banged up a little bit with his knee. Jalen Brown was banged up a little bit. Hopefully now Robert Williams will be coming back too. He had a back injury. He dealt with a hip injury all year, but he dealt with a back injury for the last game of the year. Um, Hopefully these guys, you know, are really healthy and good to go because if the Celtics are able to run a lineup where they can spare the bench and they could have guys like Gordon Hayward or even Jason Tatum staying in a little bit longer to help the bench out. And then once you take those guys out, you can throw back in Kemba or Jalen. Just always keeping one of those guys in to just keep the offense running and not have the bench go on like a cold streak where you go up by a little bit and then the bench comes in and you just give up that lead or it's a close game and then you bring the bench in and then we just, you know, we go down by 10. Like that is just the, that's something that the Celtics have struggled with. And if when everyone's healthy, I'm hoping that, that we can avoid that by keeping guys in constantly um but uh, that was my little tangent but going back to paul pierce's statement about them having the best five starting five in basketball do you agree with that ryan and if, and if you don't like can, can you really think of a team that might have a better starting five than the boston celtics i think pierce says that they are the best starting five in the league just because of how diverse they are and the scoring threats that exist on the floor you have Kemba Walker score, Jalen Brown score, Jason Tatum score, Gordon Hayward score. Even Tice, if we just if he's just like on the wing, we can toss it out to him. He could bang a three here and there. But the point is, like, 
you it's going to be so hard for all those teams to try and keep up with that starting five if they're all on top of their games. Like, what are you going to do? There's too many scoring threats on the floor. Yes, teams have Giannis Antetokounmpo and with, matched with Chris Middleton and, and all that. Uh, there's LeBron James and Anthony Davis. There's Kawhi Leonard. There's Paul George. But the thing is, those are two guys against an extra two guys that you have to worry about. They can't be guarding them all game. You can't have LeBron James going between Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown all game. If they are on their game and the Celtics show up, yeah, they are the best, te- the best starting five in the league just because of the, the threats that exist on the court all at once. It's so hard to keep up with it. And, again, yes, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, what a duo they are, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George with Montrezl Harrell and, you know, Pat Beverly, all those guys. But the Celtics, yes, are the best starting five in the league, and I have to believe that. If we're talking about best rosters, I mean, we brought it up already. Like, the Clippers are probably up there. I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at all starting fives right now. You got Pat for the Clippers I'm looking at. Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, uh, Zubak was their very last starting lineup. And if you want to run small, you can do Pat Beverly, Shamit, Paul George, Kawhi, and then Zubak again. And then you got Trez Harrell and Lou Williams off the bench. Obviously, you put those guys, and then you might consider them to be the best starting lineup. But the fact of the matter is, and then I'm looking at the Los Angeles Lakers, you got, let's see, their last game they had Avery Bradley uh, starting at point guard. Then you had Danny Green, LeBron, Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee. I mean, besides LeBron and Anthony Davis in that sense, like Danny Green's a great role player. Avery Bradley is a great role player. Um, and so is Avery, McGee. Bradley, Avery Bradley will not be there. He won't be in the playoff. Exactly, yeah. He won't be in Orlando as well. And I saw a stat. I'm sorry to cut you off. I no, did you're good. See a, I saw a stat the other day that the Lakers, when Avery Bradley doesn't play, they're like 15-1. and one. Yeah, and, and um, Caruso – who is probably going to get a lot more minutes now, has the second highest, like, um, it was a statistic where it's like your effectiveness when you're on the court and Caruso was second on the team behind LeBron. So I'm assuming Caruso is, yeah. I mean, like, every, people make jokes about Caruso, but he really isn't. Like, uh, he's a really he's a good, good player. player. He really yeah. is. I mean, he deserves more credit than he gets, uh, at least more than a meme, I should say. He, um, gets, he gets all, like, bad credit just because Bleacher Report likes to, like, just – yeah. I I can't say it, I, but like I we know. they they like him a lot because <laughs> when people when people see that stuff, it's just like oh he's overhyped. People take it as a joke, but I mean if listen if you watch basketball and you actually watch him play, like he knows what he's doing. Like he's a good right. player. But if you're looking at these starting lineups in the Celtics starting five, you have four legitimate like all star players, or at least yeah. guys that can be all stars. We have two all stars. Jalen Brown, you have a big argument for him making the all-star team. And Gordon Hayward was an all-star. He was playing. He was an all-star. And the way he was playing early in the season could have been in consideration if injuries didn't come, if they didn't happen to him. So it's like there's no other team that could really say that. I mean, there's no other starting five that can say that really. And that's what makes the Celtics so dangerous. It's just like if Kemba Walker isn't having a good night, you got Jalen Brown, Jace Tatum, and Gordon Hayward to pick up the slack. If Jalen Brown isn't having a good night, you have Kemba, Jason, uh, Hayward, Tatum. 
you have Hayward, Brown, Kemba. You know, like it's just if one guy isn't having a bad is having a bad night, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that the Celtics are going to fall into this hole and they're just not going to be able to get a bucket. Even if two of those guys aren't going to be able to score, all those guys, Kemba, Jalen, Jason, Hayward, can all go for 20, 25, 30 on any given night. And that really shouldn't – I mean, that's – it really shouldn't have to be said about Jason and Kemba, especially we know that they can pop off whenever. Jalen Brown, he has more games this year where he scored 20-plus than he has scored less than 10. Like, he's just a guy that can get you a bucket. And, and Jalen Brown is efficient. So is Tatum. They shoot high percentage from the field, at least from the three-point line, too. Both near uh, – Tatum's 40%. Jalen Brown's like 38%. Uh, and Kemba Walker, you know, he's not more as efficient as them, but when he's hot, he's hot. And same with Hayward. Hayward isn't the guy. He's not going to be stealing shots from those guys. He not only can get you 20 points on any given night, but he'll also get you like six, seven, eight rebounds, but also can put up seven, eight assists a night. Like Kate Gordon Hayward just does everything. And that's what makes this team so dangerous. And that's why it brings me back to what I said earlier why I really need this team to be healthy because having at least one of those guys on the court throughout the game is, is the most ideal thing for the Celtics because you don't have to worry about struggling to get buckets or anything like that. Here's a question for you. Okay. Switching from the starters, going to the bench, if you were to think off the top of your head right now with all the teams that are going to be in Orlando, where would you rank the Celtics bench? Would you put them in probably the upper half or the lower half of who's going? Because I think they're like borderline, like in between. Like they're, I was not, they're say, not good, but they're not yeah. awful. I was going to say middle of the pack probably because it's like they're, I mean, listen, we're Celtics fans, but at the same time we can, we can say they're, they're not good when they're not good. The Celtics right. bench isn't that great. It really isn't. We thought their bench was going to be, a lot better than it was considering uh, the rookies that we drafted. I mean, I'm looking at the bench. Marcus Smart off the bench, Ennis Cantor, uh, Robert Williams. If he's healthy, Robert Williams can make an impact. The only issue is that he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So it's just yeah. like you can't really count on him. Uh, Grant Williams, he had a pretty decent rookie year. Uh, Brad Wanamaker, like, I mean, to us, they can do good things for the Celtics, but it's like if you're, if you're comparing them to other benches in the NBA, like they really, it really isn't that good. Like we really thought – I mean, I thought Carson Edwards was going to be a really great bench guy for us, uh, just the way he can shoot and score, at least the way he did in college. And even in the summer league, in the preseason, uh, in the, against Cleveland, he hit like eight threes in a quarter or something like that. Like when the guy gets hot, he gets hot. But he only averaged three points a game this year. He averaged like 31% from three. So he really didn't show anything. Not he didn't have enough. Uh, didn't show us any promise that he can be a consistent bench guy for us. Um, like these guys can be good. Like don't get me wrong. Like they could have good games for us and they can do their thing. But it, it's too inconsistent. Like they're they're not. I don't. I would not trust our bench to go up against other bench. Like if we're going up against the Clippers, we put our bench in and they put their bench in. I'd be like, well, this is it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, well, all right, this is where we give up the lead. And that's why I say, like, we need to – being healthy is the most important thing because if you put those bench guys in, Marcus Smart is a fantastic bench player, but he is not someone that you can count on to come off the bench and give you 15, even 20 
off the bench. Like that's one of the just, most important players on the team, just because he affects the bench that much. He does, and that's why the bench struggled a lot this year because he's had to start in place of guys like Kemba or Brown had a few games where he was hurt, and especially uh, Gordon Hayward had a lot of games where he was out too. So health is the most important thing. But yeah, going back to your question, I'd probably put them middle of the pack. It sucks because I really – that's the weakest thing about the the Celtics. If they had a good bench, they would be a top-tier team. They would be on the same level as Milwaukee, the two Los Angeles teams. But that's really the only thing that holds them back. And I've said all year, and I'll, I'll stand by it, the Celtics don't need another star player. They don't need to go mm-hmm. out and trade for another guy. They don't need to trade for a guy, a forward, that will give you 20, 22, 23, 24 points a game. We have the scoring covered. That's fine. We need scoring off the bench. Someone like Davis Bertans, he's not going to be – he's going to probably go back to the Wizards because the Celtics won't have that much money to give him in the first place. But someone like him that could come off the bench, give you 15-16, shoot like 40-something percent from three and just going to be a bucket off the bench. Like That is the type of player that the Celtics need to target this offseason. And, I mean, people say that the Celtics need more help with a big man with, at the big man position. Honestly – Robert Williams is there. He just needs to stay healthy. If Robert Williams right. stay healthy, I think that him, Tyson Cantor, they can they can run that three headed. Mo- I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't consider them a three headed monster, but you can like you can make you can make do with that that three uh, those three centers right there. Right, and it is like a big thing for Robert Williams to be healthy because we saw this whole season like we were always complaining about not having a big guy like losing Aaron Baines, but we needed Aaron Baines to get Kemba Walker. So there was mm-hmm. that. So there was really no option with that. But Robert Williams, like when he went down in the season, I was like, well, shit, because like he's a good talent. It, like he it's it's really based on his worth ethic and and his commitment is how good he is going to be. I like if he shows up to, to practice every day and he's working hard, he's going to be really good. It's just a matter of his worth ethic, wow, work ethic and all that. But this whole season missing out on him, it really showed because we were really missing that athletic big that could come in and he could make an impact on the team. And if he was there, I see a, a different record coming into the, the playoffs and I just see a different looking team. He's very good. It's just no. that he's just always hurt. Like, And when he does play – when he does play in, like, the limited amount of minutes that he gets, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I keep seeing why we drafted this guy. He, he looks lazy, but he's not. It's just it's just how he plays. He's, he is good. It's like he is a difference maker. He was drafted 27th overall last year in the draft. And the reason why he slept, he at one point was considered to be a top 10 pick or at least a lottery pick because – he was just the flashes that he showed in college, just the athleticism, the way he can block shots, run the court. He's a quick, quick center. Um, he's only six eight too, so he's small. He the perfect NBA comparison, I believe, is to Clint Capella. Like it's just like the 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 similarity is so like it's just there. Um, it's just his work ethic in college was questionable, so he slipped. But being in an organization like Boston, it's just like if you have a chance to have a a solid role on a team like Boston and compete for championships like that kind of turns it around. But his rookie year, he only played 32 games. Uh, but this past year, and he only played 23 games out of the 60 something that we had. Um, he only averaged four points, uh, 
four, uh, almost five rebounds a game and about a steal and over a block a game. Now, if we look at per 36 minutes, people can say what they want about per 36, but if we're looking at per 36 minutes, those averages are 11 points, two steals, 12 rebounds, and three blocks a game. He also shoots 67% from the field. Like, if he's healthy, and when he has been healthy this year, he has shown the flashes that he's shown are unreal. Like, he has that potential where, yeah, he still has room to grow, but he could definitely become a starting center on the Celtics in a few years. Yeah. Just the way he plays, it just complements the team so well. Only averages four points a game, that's fine. He's not a guy that's meant to score. He's a guy that plays defense, gets rebounds, runs the, runs the floor, protects the rim. And that's just the style of play he has, and that's perfect for Boston because you got the four scores. You just need the big man that can do all the dirty work. And that's something – that's a player he can become. It's just he needs to stay on the court. He needs to stay healthy, and he just needs to get – he needs to play enough games where he can get – just he can get going. Like, you just can't get a flow going. You just can't get uh, a solid minutes in the rotation when you're constantly in and out of the lineup because of an injury. Like, he just needs to stay in the lineup, stay healthy, and just – consistently play he was playing 14 minutes a game up those up plays 20 minutes a night just consistently over time that leads to a starting role and listen if he stays healthy he can be so solid in boston it's you've seen the flashes it's just guys gotta stay healthy i don't i can that's probably we could take a drink every time i say the guy needs to stay healthy but that's really just what it comes down to Mm -hmm. and i really hope he doesn't turn out to be the steal of the draft that James Young was, where he just kind of spends his time in the G League. At that time, it was the D League. And just, like, doesn't do anything. And we're expecting him to do something. And, what, we wasted, like, four years with him. And there was still no impact. Like, Robert Williams. What was he, the 14th pick or something like that? He was, like, a lot. I think he was a lottery pick. Yeah, he was somewhere around that. Maybe the lottery. I think he was, like, 17, maybe? Yeah, yeah, 17. I think that's what it was. 17th is what I was going to say. But (laughs) Bill Simmons Simmons was hyped to give the fist bump after we drafted him. (laughs) Turned out that was awful. Just to steal the draft, that really wasn't anything. But Mm -hmm. that's what I hope doesn't happen with Robert Williams because you do see the potential that he has. And though he does look like he's not putting effort in, he is still good. And, like, if you get him to put full effort in, it's going to be hard to stop him. Like, I remember his windmill dunk in the NCAA tournament a few years ago against Providence. I'm like, this is a center doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, what? Like, the guy completely just stole, ran the court, and just punched it on a windmill. And I'm like – Imagine this guy, like, just on the Celtics or something like that. I remember watching I'm like, imagine this guy on the Celtics because that's what the Celtics really look for is those athletic bigs. And fortunately, he was able to drop to us. But Yeah, when he's on the court, he's the most athletic guy on the court. Yeah, no, he is. It's just I hope he can really just get healthy and stay healthy because his potential is, is, is up there. It's just, like, through the roof. It's crazy what he can be it's just he has to stay on the court he just has to stay healthy and obviously it's not his fault that he gets a weird injury in his hip that could have that could have potentially sidelined him up to two years when i read into it Mm -hmm. but uh, injuries are are, are, that's what happened to isaiah thomas and look yeah right i mean look where he is now he never really i mean 
not that he hasn't fully recovered. It took him a while to fully recover, but by the time he did, he was basically outed, essentially. There was no room. No team really had the room for him. Right, and that's the thing. Like, I'm glad, like, he was able to come back around and the hip injury didn't keep him out for the whole year. But if this becomes, like, a common trend with Robert Williams, it's just, like, it's hard to want to keep him around because that's even what I started saying that about Gordon Hayward this year. I was like, if this guy keeps getting hurt, it's just like, it makes it so hard for your team. Like, mm-hmm. how how can you pay a guy, and and like, it's just it's just gonna it's just gonna make your team worse. It's not gonna do anything for you. So it's just like, after a while, if he keeps being like an injury issue, then you have to look for other options. Yeah. But it's just like, you you do have to wait. You do have to wait and see with him. You have to keep him around for as long as you can because. There is something there that he has, and there's something there you don't want to give up and give to another team. Exactly. That it's obviously we hope Robert Williams can stay healthy. From what uh, Danny Ainge said a few weeks ago, uh, Kemba looks healthy, Jalen looks healthy, Robert Williams also looks healthy. Um, that's just the biggest thing with the Boston Celtics is health. If they're healthy, I mean they've beaten all they've beaten almost every team in the NBA besides the Houston Rockets, who they lost by one point in overtime. Uh, they've beaten almost every team in the NBA with having a depleted lineup for most of the season. I'm pretty sure there's only 12 games this year that they actually had, like, their starting five, like their main five guys yep. in the lineup. So it's just like – it's a treat. It's been a treat for us to actually see everyone healthy, and hopefully in the playoffs it, it'll it'll be like that the entire way through. Because if they have a healthy lineup, everyone's up and uh, back, and they're running and gunning. We're gonna make it tough. We're gonna to make it tough for a lot for all these teams, and we're we're definitely not gonna be a team that you want to uh, underestimate. So yeah, I mean that's all I really have to talk about, Ryan. Is there anything else you want to throw in? Mm, not really, actually. I I have nothing to add. It's been like sort of a slow week. It seems like it every been. episode we were doing, we were saying we're expecting more news, and each week we would get more news. And this week, it just uh, we just saw like. Players we'll probably talk about on Hoops Caviar, other podcasts. We saw mm-hmm. players dropping out. Yeah, the deadline's uh, in a like few that. days for that. I think July yeah. 1st is the actual deadline. So we'll and the, the soft deadline was July um, – sorry, was June 24th, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll, we'll see more stuff coming out. Um, it's just really slow week. That's all I got to say. Um, there is one thing I do want to say. You did bring it up guys that we could see like making a big impact to the playoffs and like uh-huh. the guy I've been oh, yeah. sticking by for weeks is Jalen Brown and his there's no one else in the league I feel like that works like him so I just can't wait to see him show up and pop out because dude he's gonna cause a lot of issues and he's gonna show why he's worth that money that he got bro I mean I I actually like when he signed the extension that day I remember I put out a tweet talk defending Jalen Brown. I put out articles, I put out tweets, and I was so happy that he signed it because it just saved the drama of talking about his extension all season long and whether or not they were going to trade him and whatnot. Um, and so many people, I have, bo- I have saved tweets on just ready, ready to go of people saying how he's not worth the money, he's a bum, overpaid, Danny Ainge is a terrible GM. Man, oh man, 
He's I'm never not. been given the chance, though, since never. day one. No, since no. day one. I mean, he got booed when he got drafted. He didn't play that much as a rookie year because he was drafted on a team that was uh, – they were the number one team in the Eastern Conference the year after. So, I mean, like, he really, like, just couldn't have been thrown into, ro- into the rotation like that. Um, came in, had that incredible playoff run with Jason Tatum, and then Kyrie comes back, and he – obviously didn't fit in well with him got put on the bench and everyone was just kind of like use that as you know just use that season alone to say oh that's who Jalen Brown is he's overrated he's not that good gave him the money and then everyone was just like freaking out over it obviously Danny Ainge saw something in him from day one if he didn't he wouldn't have taken him third overall just wouldn't have and Danny, we trust. And Danny, we trust. People doubt Danny Ainge for not trading those Brooklyn picks, for taking guys like Jalen, not trading Jalen and Jason for Anthony Davis. Like, listen, Danny Ainge knows what he is doing. He has gotten us this far. And if well, I'll just give my two cents. The player that I think will stand out the most in the playoffs, Max Letterman said it last week. I think Kemba Walker is going to be that guy. He came to Boston to compete in the playoffs. He was only in two playoff series in Charlotte, both lo- losing in the first round to the Miami Heat, uh, one with LeBron, one without him later on. He's never gotten a chance to really prove himself in the playoffs, came to Boston so he can play in the playoffs, be in the playoffs consistently, and we know, we know who Kemba Walker is. We know huh. why he was given the nickname Cardiac Kemba. The guy was a born leader. The guy was – born for the bright lights and now is the time where he gets a chance to show that and i think we were going to see a whole new side of kemba walker this off uh, this uh when the season comes back when the playoffs start and i am very much looking forward to kemba Walker reminding everyone why he is nicknamed cardiac kemba so that is episode seven of chasing banners this was the browns episode shout out d brown the first one to to dab do a dab dunk the first one to ever do it jalen brown Faith, consistency, and hard work pays off. That is the motto. Everyone, that is something everyone should live by because that is the absolute truth. Shout out to the Browns. Shout out Jalen Brown. Can't wait to watch you in the playoffs. You can catch us. Uh, find us on Twitter at Chasing Banners. You could also find our other podcast at Hoops Caviar. We, re- we release that episode every Thursday. It's there. We talk about all NBA stuff. So we'll talk about more um, just NBA topics in general. Um, my name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck, and that's where you can find all those handles I just mentioned. And Ryan, like every episode, I tell you, plug your stuff in, my man. I'm about to plug my stuff in right now, Dante. Plug it in, baby. <laughs> I am 401 Sheehan, S-H-E-E-H-A-N, the best Irish name out there. And don't you forget other than, it. Other than, uh, other than Conor McGregor. But you're, all right, you're, uh, all right, all right. You're maybe, 1A, 1A, maybe. 1A, 1B. 1A, 1B. That's what it is. Actually, Conor McGregor says he's a big fan of me. So, um, and hey, then I see I'll, no lies. I see no lies, man. Maybe we'll brawl one day. I don't know. Um, maybe grab a Guinness, get mad at each other, and just throw it out. <laughs> typical Irish. Two Irish then, guys going at it. And then I also have – you heard the other podcast, Hoops Caviar, we got going on. We have Chasing Banners. I also have my own personal podcast going on called Sheehan's World. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, a lot of – I've noticed there's a lot of motivation and just really hard work that I talk about on the show. And the point of the show is for people to get to know who the people are coming on. So it's a really good show. I'm 
been really working hard on it and trying to spread it a little bit more. So if you check that out, I appreciate you like always. And every episode you check this out, I appreciate you. So thank you very much, guys. And Dante, would you like to say thank you to the nice people that listen to us? <laughs> appreciate you all for listening. Love you guys. And if you have faith, you're consistent. Your hard work will pay off. Yeah. That's just how Go. it is. That's how it is. Go, Go Celtics, Celtics, baby. Go Celtics, baby. Let's go.